Hello, and welcome to the Oregon Real Estate Podcast. My name is Roy Whiting. I'm a licensed Oregon real estate broker, and today we'll be talking about the five little-known Oregon real estate insider tips. The reason why I'm addressing this as an Oregon topic is because a lot of the information that I'm going to be presenting is specific to Oregon, although it does relate to real estate in general. One of the reasons why these tips can be so helpful is because if you're going to be buying or selling a property, it is a huge investment of your time, your assets, and it just you have a lot you know to be engaged with. So most folks aren't going to be moving except maybe every five or six years on average, at least nationally. So it's easy to get rusty if you're not up on the process of buying and selling properties. That makes some of these tips really helpful because they may not be real obvious. They are not the kinds of things you maybe think about. But as you navigate whether you're going to be buying or selling property, it's going to be really helpful to realize through the process that there are some things you can do that will make your decisions better. Uh, One of the things that I would like to first point out, though, is you're going to need a trusted advisor. Uh, Usually that's a realtor. Uh, certainly an accountant, an attorney, uh, appraisers, all these folks can come into the mix. A lender, for example, is one of the first contacts that a lot of folks will have, especially if they're going to be buying. But it's typically the realtor who is the one that buyers and sellers will lean on the most. Uh, We're close to the market. And because of that fact, given our our experience going over and through an awful lot of uh, transactions, and difficulties. Uh, this is the kind of thing that we that we specialize in. So we're problem solvers. And if you're dealing with real estate, usually it's a realtor who you're going to be needing on your team. So one of the first things let's talk about is the idea of agency and, and double agents. Uh, having a double agent can be a good thing. So first, what is a double agent? In the state of Oregon, there's a concept called agency and dual agency is one of the facets of this where a buyer could be working with their own realtor who's solely representing them or they can work with an agent or realtor who is also representing the seller now on the surface of it it sounds good and and it usually is a a good concept to have exclusive agency where you would only have one realtor representing you know the buyer and only one realtor representing the seller. That's fairly typical, although uh, a good percentage of the time, agents will represent both buyers and sellers at the same time. Some of the advantages of this uh, dual agency are that the, the listing agent, the seller's realtor, will typically know the most about the property. It's not uncommon for buyer's realtors to basically have very little information about a property early on. If it's a competitive situation where there's a lot of activity on it, that that buyer's realtor needs to get up to speed on you know a lot of things about a property um, in order to write a good offer and, and to also advise the buyer uh, on a lot of different levels. So familiarity with the property is one reason why the listing agent can sometimes be a good person to work with. Again, with the caveat that they are you know, not only personable, but they're honest and that they follow the ethical guidelines of, of staying within the ethical boundaries uh, that agents have to do in order to represent 
both parties, buyers and sellers. One other benefit of working with an agent uh, who's a dual agent, buyers and sellers representative, is they have a relationship with the seller. So if you are a buyer and you want to be able to kind of get some rapport or at least have a uh, maybe a little extra consideration for your offer, uh, the listing agent would ostensibly have a relationship or at least some kind of rapport with the seller and they could kind of speak on your behalf, present present kind of your your best foot forward, so to speak. And that can be helpful too. Uh, A third advantage is that it actually can lower the issues with communication under certain circumstances because there's one less agent to have to go through in the pipeline. So you've heard about the telephone game where one person talks to another person and another person talks to a third person. And after a while, the message kind of gets garbled. Well, by having one less person in the communication chain, there is a case to be made for it being uh, perhaps more direct type communication. And so there's, there's that factor too. For example, if a seller is, is very clear that they do not want to do repairs or they can't do repairs, uh, it's not uncommon for, for buyers and buyer's agents to, to kind of write an offer based on what the buyer wants, not necessarily what the seller can do or is willing to do. And some of the communication can be made fairly clear um, and, and framed in a way so that it's, it's really uh, well understood and so the needs of, of the seller or the needs of the buyer can be communicated uh, in, in a more uh, direct and, and clear way sometimes. The downsides to dual agency would be if you have, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, an agent who is dishonest um, and will leak information from one party to the other. For instance, if they um, suggest that a seller will take less money, well, that's that's a no-no. And uh, there's, they're not supposed to go in any direction that would harm the other party. So as long as a realtor is acting above board, follows a sound uh, pathway to being honest and uh, keeping buyer and seller informed, uh, does not act in any way that's going to harm either party. Uh, A dual agency type transaction can be very successful and provide benefits to both buyer and seller. Moving on to item number two on our five little-known Oregon real estate insider tips. Number two is realtors can calculate their paycheck by viewing a property listing sheet. And what this means is that it's, it's helpful to know how realtors are paid. Agents, when they pull up a list of properties to show buyers, will look at what's called a listing sheet. And in our area, right on the listing sheet, it shows that realtor what their percentage for the buyer's agency compensation or what basically what the the buyer's side of the transaction uh, in the real estate commission will be paid. As a result, uh, there's a pretty good competition uh, because sellers and realtors, you know, the whole purpose of the multiple listing is to expose properties to buyers and to get those properties sold. So uh, typically what we will see is a, a what I would call a parity uh, or a, a pretty good uh, approximation of uh, commissions that are uh, competitive. So usually agents will show properties. They don't necessarily focus, uh, I wouldn't say anyway, uh, on the commission. 
But if, for example, there is a commission that's considered by an agent to be very low, and if that agent maybe only has time to show six properties and they've pulled up a list of, of eight, um, it it isn't outside of the imagination that they might get creative on which properties to show. Um, I wouldn't say that's the majority of agents. I think most realtors are going to want to show the properties that they believe match their clients the best. Having said that, it's human nature for salespeople to want to get paid what they believe they're worth. And if an agent has only so much time in the day in order to, to show properties and one of the properties really stands out as far as having a, a non-competitive or a, a very low rate of return, uh, some, some business people, realtors uh, included, you know, want to maximize the return. So uh, the enthusiasm level, we might say, is going to be certainly a lot lower uh, to some agents if they don't think that they're being paid what they believe they're worth. So what does this mean to a buyer or a seller? To a seller, it's a good case for paying the going rate for a commission. And I won't go into the details of, of commission and rates here, but uh, your agent can advise you, you know, what's a competitive rate. Um, it's all negotiable, of course, but there is a level where buyers and sellers are going to be optimized for the transaction. And certainly one thing you don't want to do is to deter showings of your property because you're not willing to pay what people are worth. Statistics over the years confirm that by using a realtor, the return to a seller is far greater than the cost of, of any commission paid. So it's it's definitely an area where you want to be competitive. And so feel free to talk to an agent or agents to get a sense for where that level is. Moving on to item number three on our list of five little-known Oregon real estate insider tips. Number three is inventory reduced ship jumping. Uh, what this means is that depending on the market, Real estate agents will sometimes move from working with mostly buyers to working with mostly sellers. And so in a market environment where there is a hot market for for listings, uh, a lot of the agents who maybe are focused on, on the bottom line will basically jump ship and they will start working on building their inventory, getting more listings because it's it's more of a sure thing. Uh, if the environment is is really really competitive for for homes and there aren't that many homes for sale, you know, working with buyers can sometimes be frustrating for agents because you know they could write a great offer, but if there are six or eight or ten other offers and the prices are being bid up and their and their buyer is limited in terms of how high they can go, then you know that's kind of a recipe for frustration and. So sometimes agents will will make those shifts in terms of where the market is. They'll they'll uh, in in an environment where there's lots of inventory, lots of homes for sale, um, and very few buyers. Then they're going to be a buyer's agent. And they're going to focus on that because that tends to be where the business is for a long time. New construction was a big source of of uh, income for agents because the the building boom was was strong and there were a lot of buyers who wanted to purchase new homes. Uh, of course, in, in around 2007, 2008, the bottom kind of fell out of, of that market, and uh, we're still 
a little bit in the recovering phase, although we've, we've moved past a great deal of that, especially in our area. But uh, it can so much depend on what the market is doing for uh, certain agents who maybe are not generalists. They, they kind of tend to focus on one area, one niche. And so much depends on you know where a realtor is located. Uh, if you're in, in one area where rural properties predominate, they're probably going to be more familiar with farms. And if you're in an area where condos are the big deal, they're probably going to be in town. Moving on to item number four, research is key and sites like Zillow can be wildly inaccurate. A recent article highlighted the issue with Zillow and similar sites because apparently the president of Zillow recently sold his his home in Seattle and the price that he actually ended up selling it for was about 40% lower than the Zillow Zestimate or estimate on the property. And this is a source of uh, a lot of eye rolling from realtors because it's very frequent where an agent will get a comment from a buyer or a seller talking about the online evaluation of a property. And it's important to understand that those are computer generated. They're only as good as the data that are, that's used. And so much is not uh, always uh, recent or it's if it is recent, it isn't applicable. Uh, square footage may be not finished but included or locations different, lot sizes, so many factors in uh, real estate that can influence a property. Uh, proximity to a busy highway, location you know, right next to an industrial plant, so many factors. And you wouldn't expect a computer-generated uh, physical exam uh, from by a doctor, for example, to be as good as one where a doctor actually takes some time with you, discusses things, does the the routine physical. Uh, they're just two two different worlds. And in the same way, these are nice sometimes to have uh, online estimates for property, but it's really helpful to know that uh, just like appraisers uh, are many many hours working their craft, realtors are the same. There is a standard of care in order to provide an accurate valuation for a property, and it usually takes time, and it usually takes some some real research, and actually looking at the properties, uh, dealing with some of these factors I'm talking about, location certainly being one of them, but location isn't the only issue, and you've got age of home and so many different uh, factors, lendability, you know, does the property have a foundation? Um, and markets change. So what we try to do is to provide a real-time or as close to it understanding of where the market is, what has recently sold, what is the competition, specific details about a property, and then provide that to a seller or a prospective seller and let them uh, review it. It's important that a seller feel comfortable with putting their toe in the water in the market and not feel like they're leaving money on the table. And at the same time, uh, by overpricing, that's certainly not going to be helpful either. So there is a balance. And uh, usually these online sites can, can provide a starting point, but they are rarely going to be spot on. And it's, it's typically best to have actual research uh, close to the ground where you're able to, you know, confirm and compare. 
Item number five on our five little-known Oregon real estate insider tips is every property has a history. And believe it or not, there is a viewable history for any property entered into our local multiple listing systems. And what this means is that agents get a real quick heads up by going to their computer, logging in, and taking a look at the history of a property. Now, if a property hasn't sold for 15, 20 years, it may not be in the, in the database, at least in terms of a, a multiple listing history. That doesn't mean that tax data and a lot of other uh, information on a lot of different websites may not apply, but usually there's plenty there for us to, uh, to review and to consider. So if you're a buyer, what does this mean? It means that if you're working with a realtor who's doing their homework, uh, you can ask them, you know, how long it's been on the market. Uh, has this property ever uh, had a sale fail? Has it been uh, taken off the market, put back on the market? What can you tell me about the pricing? And how much did these sellers pay for the property and how long ago was it? So most of the time, whenever there's any kind of a data change as well, uh, square footage or, or some of the other things uh, that are factored into a listing, uh, that will pop up and we'll see that uh, reference to, to a data change. As a, as a bottom line, though, uh, what usually buyers are interested in is if it's been on the market a long time, is there a problem with the property? Is there something that, that isn't coming out because, you know, in a, in a market that's doing pretty well, if it's been on the, the market for three times as long as the average market time, you know, there's probably something about it that maybe isn't obvious. From a seller's perspective, having a history on your property in the multiple listing system in a way can seem kind of unfair. But on the other hand, when you're buying, you'll have the same information at least typically you would. So what will probably be best to understand from all of this is understand that buyers, especially second, third, fourth time home buyers, they usually do their research anyway. Um, if they have an agent, that's part of the agent's responsibility as well to research and get detailed information on, on what might be a, a possible purchase. And then understand that if you are priced over the market or you're not getting action, you're, you, you have to adjust for something, um, you may have to really start looking as you move through into and beyond the average market time for your area based on your property type and your location and, and other features. Because once you start getting into multiples of that market time, you know, twice as long, three times as long, you know, you, you, it's not going to be helpful. And agents will be able to share that with their buyers. Well, that about wraps it up. And this is Roy Whiting with Certified Realty wishing you the very best.